pay the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was not full. And, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awoke him, and said unto him, Master, carest not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? And how is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You may be seated, please. <clears throat> I want us this evening to look at, at the captain of the ship. Then I want us to look at the ships. We'll be dealing with four ships. We'll, we'll be dealing with relationship, membership, fellowship, and stewardship. So we'll be getting aboard four different ships as we look this evening, and all the time we'll be listening for the captain to call for us to get on board, because every ship is important in your life. The first one is essential if you're going to go to heaven. The second one, if you're going to really, really be draw strength and the third, if you're going to know power, and the fourth, if you're going to be blessed abundantly. So recognizing that the captain is definitely going to call to you. Every heart and that harbor of that heart, God will dock there at one time in your lifetime. Now there's a danger if he pulls up anchor and leaves. If he pulls up anchor and leaves, you may see the you may see the working of the captain. You might even hear him call somebody else, and you might even see the blessings to where he has called. But until he docks at your heart, Father, again, you will never get on board. It's a danger in the life of an individual when the when the captain calls for you to get on board, little children. Get on board. And the first ship that will ever dock at your heart's harbor will be that ship of relationship because it has to be changed. You were born the sinner. Psalm 51, 5, Behold, I was shaken in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. You recognize that you were born a sinner. You were born away from God. You were born blind. You were born to where you was not looking because Romans chapter 3, especially verse 10 and 11, he said, There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. There's none that hath understanding. So if I'll never be good, I must be bought. If I'll never seek, I must be sought. If I never have understanding, I must be taught. And God has to send the Holy Ghost of God to get that done. So the captain will come to every heart and every harbor of every heart, and he'll let down anchor at that harbor, and the call will come to every boy, every girl, every mama, every daddy. The call will come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Uh, he said, Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am low and meek in spirit, and ye shall find rest 
unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burdens is light. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29, 30. Recognizing the call from the captain is you are in a mess and unless you're born again, you're going to spend eternity without God. See, now there's... There's nothing wrong with adopting children, and I think that's a wonderful thing. But did you know that child will never have your characteristics and traits? That child cannot have them. Now, you can teach that child, and that child might even act like you, but that child will never have your traits unless that child was born to you. That child will never have your traits. Now, my dear friends, you can get religious, and you can do good, and you can be about the business, but unless you're born again, you'll never be like God. You'll never have the traits, and you'll never have the characteristics of God unless you've been born again. The Bible says in John chapter 3, uh, began reading in verse 1, he said, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to them, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now here's the most religious man I can find in the Bible, met the maker. But my dear friend, this, no matter how good he was, no matter how dedicated he was, no matter how separated he was, no matter how fundamental he was, he had to be born again. And brother, no matter where you stand, you must be born again. And, and you and I have a relationship problem, and that is that we are born a sinner. We're born without God. We're, we cannot see. We cannot understand. And we must respond to the, to the call of the captain when he comes to your heart and to my heart. Because if you take that for granted and you shrug your shoulders as that and he pulls up anchor, you could die and go to hell. I mean, my dear friends, you could die and go to hell being religious. You must be born again. And when he calls is the time to respond. You, you say, well, what is my responsibility in salvation? It's to respond to his ability. That, that's what responsibility is, to respond to his ability because he's the one that can set you free and he's the one calling, come unto me. Get on board, little children. Come right now and you can have a new, you can have a new relationship with me because you are enmity with me now, the Bible says. There's enmity with it, there's hatred, and until that's been changed, a person cannot go to heaven. You must be born again. God is interested in that soul because that soul is going to live somewhere forever. My dear friend, and unless it's God-breathed, it's going to die without God. Over in the book of Genesis, in chapter 2, verse 7, it said that God formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed breath, knew my spirit. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And that soul is going to live somewhere forever. Why? Because it's God breathed. It's going to live somewhere forever. And ain't but two places, and I use ain't for emphasis, there's not but two places that a person can live that's either in heaven with God or in hell with the devil. And you've got to make your mind up. When the captain calls, you either respond or you, or you sit there. If you want to go to heaven, you must uh, react to the call. If you want to go to hell, sit still, have a good time, and you'll wind up in hell as sure as your name's what it is. So the call is for the soul. He wants the soul because the soul's going to live somewhere forever. And, and uh, it, 
and God breathed the soul, and so the breath of God has caused it to still live forever. He says also over in the, uh, Timothy 3.15, he said that, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed. Inspiration is God breathed. And my dear friend, he said, the heavens and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Why? It's God breathed, and it can't. Why? When anything is God breathed, it's going to live. And he made it very plain. He said over in the book of John 20, 22, when he talked about the church, that they, he, he breathed on them, and they went out, and he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why? It's God breathed. And so man is God breathed. The soul is God breathed. It's going to live forever. That the word is God breathed, it's going to be forever. The church is God breathed, it's going to be forever. And when it's God breathed, when the breath of God is upon us, bless God, it's alive. And when he said that the wind, or in John chapter 3, going down to verse 7, he said, I ate. He said, The wind blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound of all, but canst not tell whence it cometh, or where it goeth. He's talking about air. He's talking about spirit. He's talking about God breathed again. He said, You must be born again. Unless you've got the breath of God on you again, you're bound to the hell. The soul was breathed of God the first time to live forever, but it must have the breath of God again to live with Him. If, unless that breath is there, it will die and go to hell and spend eternity. So there is a relationship that must be dealt with in your life. I didn't say join the church. I didn't say get baptized. We'll get to that in a minute. But my dear friend, what I'm talking about is you'll never know God unless the Spirit of God is working a work in your life. And when He wants to work in your life, bless God you don't have to go around telling everybody, which you will anyway. The best God, He'll show up in you. The characteristics and traits will come out of you. You, you can stand my daddy here, he's still living. You can stand my daddy here, and you think we're twins. I've lost my hair, he lost it. We look just about alike. I mean, they, he might have two or three more wrinkles than I've got, but we almost look like twins. Man, I'm my daddy's boy. I look just like him. And you know, when I was a moonshiner and a bootlegger and a pool shark and been road hard and put up with it all my life, I want you to know when I got saved, I was a brand new person. Now, I ain't been drunk since I've been saved. No, I tell you what, I haven't, I haven't not gambled one time since I've been saved. I got a new liver. Somebody come to live on the inside and it made a brand new difference in me in such a way that, bless God, the breath of God made it different in the life, and unless you've been born again, the characteristic traits will not come out because they're not there to come out. Now, the, the relationship must be changed between you and God because the Bible said there's enmity, there's hatred between God and man, and that has to be changed, and the only way it can be changed is to be born into the family of God. Now, as soon as an individual is born into the family of God, he's been birthed into the family of God. Now, I'm going to deal with the word over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 13. He said, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we Jew or Gentile, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. When a person cries out, God have mercy upon me and save me, the spirit 
places him into the family of God. That's a spiritual baptism. Nobody couldn't see that. But my dear friend, there's a water baptism coming. <laughs> there's a water baptism coming because you become a part of this local body by water baptism. Not sprinkling, not throwing dirt on you. It's by immersion and that's putting on them. Now we're going to deal with membership. So see, membership is very important in the local body. Now the captain's going to the first thing the captain's going to deal with you when your relationship, when you get on board that, he's going to say, now listen, it is important for you to, to unite with a body. It's important that you, that you become a part of a local body. Why? You cut this arm off, lay it down here, what's it do? It dries up. It, it has to draw strength from the body. It will never be what it ought to be and never do what it's supposed to do unless it's hooked to the body, unless it's there drawing strength from the body, every part of that. And you are, it is essential in your life that you be a part of a local body. Because that local body, not only is it essential for you, it is essential for the body because you've been placed there as an arm as an eye, as a foot, as a toe, as a part to make up the body. Paul compared the body, a physical body, to the local body. He said we've got many members, but it's one body. And my dear brother and sister, when our body functions like it ought to function, there will be in that body a unity. Everybody, everybody will be active in it, and everybody will be doing it, and nobody will be jealous. And bless God, you won't be changing parts every day either. No, sir. I'm, no, we got into a modern generation today to where we think, bless God, just because we've had a heart transplant or ear transplant or eardrum transplant, that bless God, I can just move out of this body and into that body and body. No! Bless God, you've got a responsibility. When you get tacked on to a body, bless God, you're not only there until that body is dead or you die and we have to cut you off, bless God, you don't have no right to switch up every day you, you want to. You've got a responsibility, and that responsibility is not only to be the arm of that body or the eyes of that body, you're not to get jealous of somebody else. You're supposed to be excited. Uh, somebody says, look out! I throw my hands in my head. Wow! I can carry my arm in a swing, but to carry my brains in a cup creates a problem. Yes, that's true. You take care of it. You watch out. Everybody protects everybody else. My hands get skinned up and they get bruised up. They've never looked up with dirt in their hands and say, listen, eyes, all you've done is just stare at me. I'm sick and tired of this. You don't pick up nothing, and when you do, we, we're so careful to try to get it out. Now, get in the work some. No! Let's try just one little eyelash get in there, and you run and you wash your hands, and you get a little uh, something white, real soft, that means scratch, and you get it out of there. Why? It's creating a problem for the whole body. And if we ever wake up, that membership is essential in your to draw strength from one another and to be the to be a body that God would be proud to live in. We got so many bodies so messed up now, bless God, that, that he says, I don't think I'll go with them this time. Right. Listen, you can have a good heart in a body and the church still be alive and not do nothing. Not do nothing. Why? Because the arms stayed home. Because the feet stayed home. Because the mind stayed home. All they're doing is just sitting out through that service going, tomb, 
Not doing nothing but staying alive. Not doing nothing but keeping the lights on. Not doing nothing but paying the bills. Not doing nothing. But if that body functions like it ought to function, when it comes church time, everybody be there. If it functions like it ought to, nobody get jealous of one another. When it functions like it ought to, everybody helps everybody else for the glory of God. And until it takes place in your life, you ain't going to be a body that will bring out and go to And God's calling, I believe, He'll send them from over here and over here and over here. When you study in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in two places, when you study in the book of Ephesians chapter 7, uh, verse 4, 7 through 11, he names all the gifts that there is that he mentions in that. And when you add all them up without taking out the repeats, there's 32. But when you take out the repeats, there's 19 different gifts. And he has gifted men. Notice I said men. Gifted men. He calls men. Gifted men. As apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastor, the teacher. He said he gifted men. And then he gives 10 ministering gifts and to the local body. And then there were four sign gifts, and that was for the Jew. And, and, and so that made up the 19. And those 10 gifts... I believe when a church don't want nothing, and when a church is, is just happy of just having a heart, it's it just sitting there and saying, well, we love everybody. We're not doing nothing. Don't aim to do nothing, but we love everybody. And, and it is set there with a heart, and no arms and no feet. I believe God will reach over here in this local body and touch this man over here and say, listen to it. Me and my family, we're going to move over here. Why? Because it's an arm that that church needed. That church been praying, God, I want something. I want to see something, God. And God will move them from over here and over here and over here. But when he moves you over there, bless God, don't you get the itch. I want you to know you've got a responsibility when you pull in that. Number one, you are a part of the body and you're not all of it. You're just a part of it and you should function like you're just a part of it. And when you don't want to function like you're a part of it, I want you to know you don't have to worry about it. You're going to get the knife anyway. Why? Because it's a hurting the rest of the body. If I've got something bad wrong with that arm, I don't want to use, lose that arm. I've never lost anything yet but hair. And, 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 and I don't want to lose it. But the doctor says, Preacher, if you don't take it off the elbow, it's going to go come to your shoulder. He goes, Oh, Lord, I don't want to lose that arm. I don't want to lose that arm. And then that's why he said, Preacher, if you don't get it off at the shoulder, it's going to kill you. Now, I'm going to make a decision just a minute. I'm going to say, Doc, cut it off. Get it off. And then and then the rest of my life, I'll be using one when I could have used two or had a stub where I could put something on. But my dear friend, you must understand that you and I are responsible not only to God as a part of that body, but I'm responsible to one another as a member to help carry the load. I'm to help bear the burden. I'm to help pick them up and carry them off. And I'm to be the feet that God would have me to be. I'm to be the eyes that God would have me to be. I'm to be the ears that God would have me to be. There is a membership responsibility after a, a born-again experience. There's a membership responsibility unless we get back there, we ain't going to never see God. He used to walk in the midst. The Bible said, He walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Revelation chapter 2. Walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He used to feel at liberty to walk in the midst of the people. My dear friend, we've got so carnal, we've got so messed up that we don't even know what it is to really experience 
the real presence of God. And to see the glory cloud is just about out of the question anymore. That's sad because of the fact that we've got away from the plan of God. Yes, you must be born again. And then, my dear friends, you ought to be a part of a local body that's teaching the Word of God. That's teaching the Word of God. You ought to be a part of that local body. And by the way, if you're talking about independent, if it ever was a local body, it's a independent body. So let's not be so nasty about other people. They, they've been practicing that for years even born. Why? Because every local body is governed by the people of that body. They're not giving no, no to the association or to that like that. They might decide to, but bless God, let me share something with you. They do not, and what you see today as, quote, unquote, independent, is many times not independent, bless God, and independent of God, and independent of everybody else. All you're seeing, bless God, is not of God today. If it's a local body, it's governed by the people of the body. Now, I pastored for 20 years in one place, but I never was the dictator. I always was a sweet tater, but I never was. No, why? Because it's the it's governed by the people of the body. You say, oh, you're not the kind of bad sign. Well, that's, that's fine. I ain't going to jump on you. Just don't try me. But, but, but here's the thing about it. There's order. And when you miss the order, there's something about that God just isn't bubbling in sweetness. Membership is very important in your life. And if the head gets too big, you get top heavy. A lot of them, a lot of churches, they're, they're, they're top heavy. They, they get to going one way and you can't stop them. And they just, boom, they just bust up. But when it's in its proper order, you say, is the head in, oh, that pastor, he's essential to that local body. He's the, he's the overseer, if you please. He's the superintendent. He's the, he's the under-shepherd. He's the man that God had called there to see that that group of good to the dictated word of God. Right. Now, if he's got any sense at all, he feels bless God, I'm something and you're nothing. Never. If, if he's got any sense, because he's got the responsibility and the load. He keeps saying, I don't want it. It's just like Leroy. And they say, give the ball to Leroy. Give the ball to Leroy. And there's a mean team on the other side. And they're just running over and just beating the daylights out. Give the ball to Leroy. Coach sent a man in and said, give the ball to Leroy. They run another play and Leroy didn't get it. Give the ball to Leroy. Give the ball to Leroy. And he sent another man in. He said, give the ball. And he run back out and he said, Leroy said he don't want it. <laughs> The thing of it is, many of us don't want it, bless God. And, and, and the reason of, if you ever see the responsibility that you've got, you don't want it because of the load that's upon you. Not only, bless God, to go out and pick up those that's down, carry them in one hand, and, and try to keep up with those that's trying to run ahead of you, and holler at these others that's backslid and say, come on, bless God, we got to go. It's a load when you do your job like it ought to be done for the purpose. We ought to get back to being members. 
We'll get back to acting like this God, that we are a part of the, of the body of Christ. We ought to act that way. My dear friend, we shouldn't kill our members. My daddy, my brother at home, ha has never been able to manage money. He's making all kinds of money. But he's never been able to manage it. That, that's, that's the one down in Kentucky. He's never been able to manage it. And I got a little bit angry here the other day. I was at home, and Dad had picked up something, and I said something kind of smart. My daddy stopped me, and he said, Boy, as long as you're in my home, we don't talk about one another here. That embarrassed me. Now, sir, I'm always one in the family. Other than him. I'm a member. And go here like that. And yeah, hey, good to see you come to. No, he meant that. I mean, five or six times a year. That's not good. You don't even have time to. The blood can't even circulate, bless God. There, there's no way you can get any feeling there. There's no way it can take grow. It can't move every three weeks and stick on. You sow something on and cut it off and sow something on and cut it off, it'll die on you. It's got to get some blood. Not only is there relationship. You must be born again. That's dealing with the soul. Then there must be membership. That's dealing with strength. Then there must be a fellowship. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, The Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins has hideous face from you. All fellowship is for being able to ask and receive. I thought Mark was going to deal with all of it. You, you, you ask and receive. The fellowship. See, without right fellowship, you can do nothing. No, 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 no. You must have fellowship with God. You must be in good fellowship. Now, my daughter, I, uh, like Abraham and Sarah, I've got a 15-year-old daughter. And, and, and uh, <clears throat> Rebecca, so far, does everything that I ask her. So far. Now, you know, you say, hey, do you think that's going No, I, I'm not saying that'll be that way forever. 
And she's definitely not perfect, by no means. But so far, she's never bucked me yet. And she's a teenager. So far, it hadn't happened. So far, it hadn't come that way. So far, it, when I said, Rebecca, I don't like that. And, I, I, and she, she changed it. The other day, I sat down with her, and I, I get home every weekend. I try to. And I take her out to eat. Because I don't, I don't have time to talk with her that much. And so I, I take her out to eat. And as we're eating, I said, Rebecca, this might sound a little weird to you, so don't get angry, ang angry at me and say I'm arranging her that way. Just, just listen. I said, Rebecca, have you ever asked me for anything yet? See, I just got one. Have you ever asked me for anything yet that's reasonable that I hadn't got you? She said, no, Daddy. You're the sweetest daddy in the world. I said, that's the way my daddy does me. My daddy does me that way. As long as I obey, as long as I stay close to him, as long as I'm anxious to please him, he gives me anything I ask him for a reason. And I said, honey, I'm going to do you like my daddy does me. As long as you walk right and want to talk right, sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. Because it is with me. But if I fall out and break fellowship with my Lord, that don't mean, honey, he don't love me no more. And it don't mean that I don't love you no more. It's just you're losing your benefits. You're losing your benefits. You'll, you'll lose your benefits if you break fellowship. You'll lose your benefits if there's not a closest. Uh, and, and when the obedience stops, then the benefits stop. But when the obedience is sweet, then the benefit, God said, you, you see, and he'll give you the desire of your heart. Why? Because you all the time want to please him. You all the time want to do something with him. And you all the time want to be close to him. And you all the time want to hear from him. And you all the time want to see him. He said, what else does he want? Has he, has he mentioned anything he'd like to have? I'm anxious to get it for him. You know what's wrong with our prayers? No fellowship. If you get along like he told you to get along, then you start to fellowship again. And when you start to fellowship again, he's so anxious and so, so uh, 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 ready to meet that need that, my dear friend, I believe you can get anything. I really do. I believe you can get in. I mean, in the temporal realm. I believe you can get that too. I believe you can have those things. Now, you say, oh, what are you, some kind of oil robbers? No. No, I've never seen that big a God. But really, what... What little bit I've seen of him is a whole lot bigger than that. But my dear friend, I believe he's a prayer answering God. I believe he can do anything. I honestly believe that. I, I believe he can just reach down and touch whatever you want, what, what you need. He said, my hand is not short that it cannot save, neither is my ear heavy that it cannot hear, but... Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. You broke fellowship because you allow sin to get in your life. You broke fellowship, and you can't reach, and you can't ask and receive, seek and find, knock, and it won't open to you because something's broke fellowship. So the call from the captain is saying, Oh, my friend, don't, 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 don't get away from me. Stay close to me. Stay close to me. Stay in good fellowship because out of the ship, you're in trouble. Stay on board, little children. Stay on board closely. Now, hover up close. Now, let's go. We're going to move over here to the, to the next shore. Now, stay on. Don't you? Get, hey, don't, don't, don't get off. Alligators get you. 
Why? Because they're out there. And they're looking. Oh, they can't get in the ship. But when you get off the ship, then you're on your own because you broke fellowship. And you've got yourself in a, in a mental, emotional, and physical, really, dilemma because you broke fellowship with God. And your sins are piling up on you. And as they pile up on you, my dear friend, a righteous judge has to do something about it after a while. Either I do it, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31 and 32, if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. But if we're judged, we're chasing the Lord that we shall not be condemned with the world. He said, you get it straight or I'll get it straight. Now make up your mind. Okay, Father, I'll get it straight. And, and then he, he, the fellowship is real sweet. But if he has to come after us, that don't mean he don't love me. That don't mean he's not in love with me. That don't mean he, he, he's sorry he died for me. No, that meant that that has to be judged. I've got to deal with that, son. I can't let it go that way. You're going to mess up the body. I can't allow you to mess up the whole body. Lastly, there's stewardship. I got a relationship with God because I had to be born again. I couldn't go to heaven no other way. I joined a local body because I needed membership. I had to have it to draw strength from one another and from God. Because he said he walked in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And I believe, now, you call me whatever you want to, and it'll be fine, but I'm going to make a statement. I'm a local body man. I believe in the local body. I'm, I'm not yet, I don't think I'm a Baptist brother. I'm probably close to it. I don't know that. But I believe in the local body. I really do. And I believe every church is a local body. I heard a singer here just a, the, the other day, and I'm not knocking. I love, you've got to have singing. You've got to have good singing. So please don't, don't misunderstand me that I'm knocking singing. I'm not, not knocking singing. But I heard one get up on the TV there and say, Bless God, I'm glad I'm not no member of, of no church here on earth. I'm a member of that great, great church in the sky. And I, I, I wanted to ask him so bad, how in the world do you send out missionaries and why in the world do you pay your tithes and, 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 and where do you draw your strength? Is it from a song or is it from a body? A member draws strength from the body. It's a local body. Then there's a ship that is a must in your life also. If you're ever going to be blessed, there's the word stewardship. He said, now listen, you're in my family now. You're a part of my body now. You're fellowshipping with me now. But the only way you're going to be really, really blessed physically, spiritually, and temporally is that you must pay your tithe.
Meshach and Moses and Nathan. That's all they knew it and God. Uh, but God said, don't do it. If you'll study that carefully, there were ten great events that was getting ready to happen in life. God said, I want the first. I want all of it. And God wants the first of the tithe. And I'm like, I don't have time to win that. But there's ten great nations. And he said, the rest of it, 90% yours, but this first one, it's mine. You give it all to me. It's mine. Rest of it, kept you safe. But, and the first is the Lord's. Now, what happened? When he brought it to his home, it cursed Mr. Aiken, Miss Aiken, all the little Aikens. It, 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 it cursed Jack. It cursed whatever the, the Jenny's name was. It cursed everything he had living. And they took him outside in chapter 7, and they stoned the living. Stone, rock, Christ, rock, judgment of God, capital punishment upon sin. And he stoned them to death. And all of them died, and then they burnt what was left. And God moved on the scene again. So physically, if you don't get on board stewardship, you're going to get yourself in a mess. Spiritually, he said, Prove me here, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will open the windows of heaven and pour upon you blessings that there not be room enough for you to receive. That's spiritual. Then he said, I'll do it temporally. I'll rebuke the devourer. Somebody tries to slip in. See, some folks never rest. They're afraid somebody's going to get what they've got. Wealthy people are are nervous wreck. Most most unstable people know why they're. But you and I don't have to worry about that. Number one, we ain't got nothing. But 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 if we had some, we're just the other day. I was reading a story. <clears throat> one of these missionaries were were over overseas and uh, uh, the. This lady and the other ladies, their husband had died because of disease and war broke out and, and there was one old missionary left and they were still trying to have services and, and ministering to just what little few there was and, and the natives was just, just running wild and, and, and killing and robbing and, and, and raping and taking advantage of everybody that, that, that they could. And they said they got in from services one night and here was a, a, a large uh, 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 native there in the place and this missionary lady said that before I thought, I started hitting him with my purse and said, get out of here, get out of here. And she said, I was running him and then I thought, oh, what am I doing? He could kill me at any minute. And she said, I, I run back in and pull the door to and, and I almost had a heart attack. What I've done before I even thought. And he ran off. And they said for a month, every night, they could hear him circle the house. Every night for a month they could hear him and fear would grip the soul. After that, one of them got saved and it was the one she had hit with her purse. He got saved. And she said, aren't you the one that was in my house? And real sheepy, she looked down. She said, oh, I'm not mad. But did you come back every night? Yes, ma'am. Why didn't you come in? We were no match for you. We couldn't handle you. Why didn't you come in and just take off? Oh, this missionary. It was those men out there in those white robes. Every night, every night we'd come back and there they'd stand. Circle the house. And he said, we were afraid of them. 
We come back to get everything you had and to take advantage. But those men standing there, the benefits of stewardship is that somebody's watching over. But you get it in your head that you can rock God and get by with it. I promise you every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to steal everything you got. And I don't care how much you pray and beg and plead and, 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 and complain to the church. And you can go ahead and say, well, I'm having a hard time. I just, I just cannot get my head up. Let's God start tithing and it'll help a whole lot. Let's bow our head. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And the Spirit of God, maybe through the first message, He spoke to your heart. And tonight you realize that your relationship is not right with God. You have never been born again. You've never been made a new creature in Jesus Christ. And if you die in that condition, you're going to spend eternity without God. You need to get saved tonight. You're lost. You've never been changed. There's never been a change in your life. And tonight you need to be saved. Or tonight you say, Preacher, I've never been a part of a local body. You need to. By the hands of a New Testament church, you need to be scripturally baptized. That means to put under. And fellowship. Maybe many tonight have said, Preacher, my fellowship's not been what it ought to be. I have such struggles getting things. It seems like that I only get the bare necessities. I never get to get over into Cana where the milk and honey flows. And my fellowship is just not right. My attitude's bad. And I want you to forgive me, God. I want to get in fellowship. Or maybe tonight God dealt with your soul and you realize that you have been, you know that you've been robbing God. And tonight you come before God and say, Dear God, I'm sorry. I've not only hurt me, I've hurt thee and I've hurt the body. God, I'm sorry. I want to get started on this as quick as I can. As Miss Turner plays softly, and the Spirit of God has dealt with your heart. Would you let God do something in your life? And then we're going to stand and sing. But right now, would you right now just get up right now and come to God? Would you say, Preacher, I've got a fellowship thing. I need to, yes. Would you come right now? Would you get up right now? I need that, I need that fellowship. I need to be able to get a hold of God, yes. Would you get up right now? Would you say yes to God right now? It's between you and the Lord. Yes. Would you come right now? My, don't put it off. My soul. God pulling and tugging at your heart's door. Would you come right now? I need a I need a fellowship adjustment, dear God. I need to get some things in order. Would you come right now? Would you say yes to God right now? Would you let Him work a work in your heart and your soul right now? Would you say yes to Him?